Hi, my name's Silas, aka Silector. I was born and raised in East Oxford, which I'm very proud of. Since I left Oxford, however, I've battled with my identity as an Oxfordian, after having to tirelessly enlighten people about the alternative Oxford that isn't represented in popular media. People just don't seem to know the Oxford I know and love. Students of Oxford and Brooks University make up only around about 20% of the population, yet seem to contribute more to the stereotype of a young Oxfordian than the other 80% of the population. In fact, the Oxford I see boasts the third highest ethnic minority population in South East England. The neighbourhoods in Oxford I'm most familiar with are amongst the 20% most deprived in England, where one in four children live below the poverty line and 22% of adults have little or no educational qualifications. I've been talking to people from a similar background to me who have gone on to do great things with their life. In episode one, I spoke to Taser, producer and DJ from Oxford. And in episode two, I spoke to Maya Francis, filmmaker from Oxford who now resides in South London. One thing I really wanted to find out was why so many young Oxfordians moved to Bristol. I mean, I did myself, and I know my reasons. I just wanted to find out if others feel the same. In this episode, we're going to be talking to one of those unfortunate Oxfordians who now resides in Bristol. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome to the unfortunate Oxfordians. Um, I'm John Weston. He's very unfortunate. So, I'm Dora. I grew up in East Oxford as well, um, like Rose Hill way, if Lee Rose Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also went to Oxford Community School a couple yeah. of years below you. Um, and then I moved to Bristol four and a bit years ago now for uni and then just stayed because I love it. So yeah. now I've been living here for like over four years. Wow. Yeah. So, so I think I was here for five years in total. Were you? And then left two years ago. I love um, it. There's something about Bristol that like, I don't know, it's, I still say it's my spiritual home. But the reason I wanted to talk to you is because um, I wanted to see if it's not just me. There seems to be a lot of people from Oxford who tend to move to Bristol. And I wanted 100%. to know, is there similarities in the culture or is there something you heard about Bristol? Do you know what I think it is, right? So my, I moved to Bristol like I didn't really have a, I just, I knew I wanted to come here. Yeah. I'm not sure why exactly. I just had this real kind of gut feeling that I wanted to be in Bristol. And I think it's because like a lot of older family friends had already moved here. Yeah. My mum my actually worked here for like seven years. She worked at UWE. She was commuting back and forth okay, between wow. Oxford and Bristol. Yeah. So like it was just one of those things where it was like on my radar. Yeah. And I just had, I was like, I, n- I need to go there. I need to go there. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned, and then I, you know, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Bristol Uni's doing the course I want to do, I'll come. Yeah. But I think it's something about, I don't know, like, Bristol's, Oxford's so small, mm-hmm. and then Bristol's just like that that little bit bigger, more going on, but it's not like so huge like London, where it can yeah, be a yeah. bit overwhelming for someone who's growing up in a small city. Yeah, yeah. So I, and it's nearby, and it's like kind of alternative. Yeah. It's got like yeah. a lot, it's got something for everyone. 
Yeah, yeah. That's why I always say about Bristol. It's like, yeah. no matter what kind of person you are, you'll find something for you in Bristol. Well, I think I mean. um, it's kind of liberating in a sense because mm. it allows you to be whatever person you want to be. 100%, yeah. Which I, I feel like that. other cities, I'm not sure where I stand on Oxford with this, but uh, I'm not sure if it entirely does allow you to really be who, so. who you want to be. There's kind of like a uh, pressure to conform yeah. to a particular uh, subgenre. Like style, like style. Yeah, and I mentioned to you before that I was I found um a real like yeah, I was always a bit confused in Oxford mm -hmm. in terms of like who I was and like yeah. where I fit in. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, I feel like in Bristol I'm I feel like much more Why why would you say Because so um I my family background is like I come from like middle class family. Um mm -hmm. we never like you know, it was always nice and comfortable very secure home um, I'm very lucky in yeah. being very close to my family yeah, etc exactly. and yeah. then um, I was always like in primary school and in secondary school I was like the poshest girl in school because I went to like I lived just off a of council estate um, I went to like the you know the very yeah, rough school that you've spoken about yeah, yeah. before yeah, yeah. which I loved but like it was it, I was 100% the posh girl. Just for the record it was rough but it yeah. was I think it was amazing. I think it was absolutely yeah, yeah. amazing yeah it was definitely like um, yeah, yeah, yeah as I'd agree. Like it had that community feel. Yeah, I feel yeah. like again there was something for everyone there, and it was like um, it really harnessed like creativity. Yeah, hundred percent yeah. harnessed creativity and, and diversity. Yeah, that was really I so think I that was really it. important, especially being a young person growing up. When you grow growing up around so many different types of people, there's like literally no room to adopt ideas of like racism and exactly. homophobia and stuff. Like I loved that, and I felt, and as I say, like although I was like taking the piss out of ruthlessly for being super posh it was always with love like yeah, it was yeah. always in a friendly way like it was my persona yeah, like, yeah. but it also just meant that I was always a bit like I always felt a little bit like an outsider because I was like well I'm the posh mm. girl in school like I'm, I don't have the same kind of um, like background as a lot of my peers but also really loved that loved that and then and I was kind of proud of it in yeah, like yeah. in terms of like being from Oxford Community School yeah, and being yeah. as you say from like growing up with so many diverse people and yeah, diverse yeah. cultures and languages and everything yeah, yeah. and then I came to Bristol and it was like I suddenly went from being the posh girl to going to Bristol Uni which has got some of the highest proportion of private school educated mm -hmm like students in the country yeah. and suddenly I was the commoner and I was the like yeah and but it was but again but then I'd say I was from Oxford and people be like oh but oh but you're but but like why did you get yeah literally yeah. Li that's what I was like I genuinely got called ghetto by someone once and I was like I grew, I grew up in like what what are you talking about do you mm. know do you know what that is like yeah. I, it was just so wild to me and I remember someone else being like oh how on earth did you get into Bristol Uni if you didn't even go to a grammar school mm. And like all of those things, and did, yet did it make you think to yourself, how did I at any point? No, not okay. at all. It made me be like, well, I'm here and you're here, so like, what does that say about? Although I did get in on a um, uh, like on a what's it called? One of those offers which like you can get in with like a lower grade. Bursary. Not a bursary, but like as in I was meant to get like. AAB or something, yeah. or ABB, and I got BBB, but they yeah. were like, oh, but because you went to this rough state school. I see. Like you can still come in, and I, I did feel a bit guilty about that because I felt like that shouldn't go to me. I felt That's a bit like, yeah, I felt a bit weird about. Slightly that. similar, but slightly different. I had a lot of that yeah. during university. Like lots of opportunities were presented to me that I didn't realise mm. until after I looked back at it and realised I actually have this opportunity because I'm black and from yeah, yeah, certain background. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> which on on one hand, you know, I'm grateful for having the opportunity, but I don't want to be given an opportunity based on something. Yeah. 
yeah, something that isn't my talent or my... Yeah, yeah. I know what I mean. Mm. And there was a part of me that felt a bit like that. But, but it was, I don't know, it was just such a weird culture, like... More privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, and I think, I, I know, I, like, some comments were made to me about that as well before mm. now. And, like, just in general being, like, uh, it was just, it was just very strange. And, like, I remember in Freshers' Week, one of the questions that was asked, you know, the first questions, like, which is a standard in Freshers' Week, it's like, oh, so what do you study? No, 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 yeah, like, all of those. Where are you from? And one of them was, um, so did you apply to Oxford or Cambridge? That was one of the first questions because the, everyone else did. Everyone applied to yeah. get into Oxford or Cambridge, and they didn't get in, and they went to Bristol instead. Wow! And I was always I didn't apply to either because I because growing up in Oxford made me never want to even. I mean, not that I'd have got in, but like never want to go to like Oxford or Cambridge. Like the idea was like I do not want to be a, not to be offensive to people who go to those unis, but I don't want to be around those people because I had so many bad experiences with Oxford uni students growing in up Oxford. in Oxford. Yeah. Well, there's definitely like a huge divide. That's such a big divide between like the residents and the, the student community. Yeah. Um, maybe it's different in like kind of north and the west of Oxford, but definitely where, where we grew up, yeah, I felt so displaced from them. Yeah, like really, and I like quite, I didn't like them. Like mm. if I, you know, even go like when I'm a bit older, go into pubs and stuff, if I saw people who were clearly students, I was so like anti them. I didn't yeah. want to go to uni after I finished um, school, but I didn't go for a year because I was really just like weirdly anti-student because I was just like, oh, they're all just really posh and really like, not with it and yeah. I don't want to be in that crowd yeah yeah um so yeah and it was all it was all a bit weird and then yeah so as I say I went from kind of being my identity was you're different because you're posh to yeah. my identity being you're, you're different, different because, because you're, you're, not. you're not yeah yeah and yeah. it was like I couldn't get my head around the switch yeah, yeah. and I felt like really like I don't even want to I, I yeah I didn't even for, for the like first year of my uni like life I didn't even want to like interact mm -hmm. with people who were from who were from like these really posh yeah, schools yeah. and stuff which is crazy now because it's like actually I was I was like stereotyping yeah. them before they even had the chance to stereotype me. Um, before with, we get, anyway. I'm going to really get into that, but before we get mm -hmm. into that, I wanted to ask more specifically about growing up in Oxford. Yeah, I find it really interesting that you can say I'm from a middle class family, but you grew up in Rose Hill because yeah. the Rose Hill I know is, is quite well rough. I know. For lack of a better term. My family's an interesting one. Mm. Yeah, it is rough, and I think I don't know what it is, but like, so we I grew up not in the actual council estate, so just opposite. Mm -hmm. um, but I think my family. Like, my parents were always from like young, like they both went, my dad went to boarding school. Okay. My mum went to a grammar school in like, a, in like Cheshire, in like a really posh part of like Greater Manchester. Housewives of Cheshire. Yeah. yeah. Is Cheshire and Greater Manchester? I think so. Anyway, my geography's bad. Well, Greater like, in Chester. Cheshire, no. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah, something. Um, and so, and I think both of them, and then they went to uni and they were both massive, like they were re like really active in kind of, um, in terms of political activism, yeah. left wing stuff. They were both, and my mum my and dad, because so, in like the early 90s, South Africa, no, not the early 90s, way before that. Anyway, South Africa was playing England in a rugby match yeah. and they ran onto the pitch with a group of mates and like scattered drawing pins to protest because they were like, oh, wow. England shouldn't be playing South Africa whilst apartheid is still going on. Yeah, yeah. And then like, um, yeah, huge, like, yeah. So they were just very active in that kind of, and I think they were just so anti, like the idea of um, being apart because you've got money and yeah, like yeah. being and going to. Would it be safe to say they were socialists? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah, my parents are definitely socialists. And also, to be fair, when they first moved to Oxford, 
they didn't they didn't take any family money because socialist and then <laughs> and then so that when they moved to oxford they um they were squatting when they first moved they didn't have any money and then they were living in this tiny house in black goodleys that like they couldn't afford the heating they couldn't this and the other with like three kids under the age of five so my siblings had a very different childhood than i did because they're all a bit older than me but by the time i came along my parents were both like quite well established in their careers. Mm -hmm. They were much, they were doing like, they'd bought a house just up like in Rose Hill. Mm -hmm. So yeah, does, so, I, so that, I think that's why. Have you ever found that you have like a, feel different to your siblings in that case? Oh yeah, I do. So are you the posh one amongst your siblings? No, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm the posh one amongst my siblings, but I'm definitely the most, in I'm most privileged Okay. in terms of like, so you're the youngest as well. I'm the youngest as well. That's already like, a privilege. That's already a privilege, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, but like, for family holidays when I was younger, we would like, some, you know, uh, once a year we'd go to France for a week. Yeah. Um, or to Spain for a week, which I'm, you know, really great, very lucky to be able to do this family holiday once a year. When my siblings were younger, they used to get the train with all of their bikes on it mm -hmm. up to Scotland and camp yeah. in the rain. And like, wow. yeah, it was just a very, and that was like the fun, like family holiday. Yeah, and like yeah. they, um, yeah, it was just, and so I definitely, and I think like, I, especially my, especially my older brothers, because they're now, they're 33 and 31. Yeah. I'm 23. Are they so living in Oxford? One of them lives in Bristol. Okay. And um, two of my siblings live in Bristol, my brother and my sister. And then my older sibling lives in Belgium. Cool. Um, but they definitely had a like a very different experience growing up than I did in I wanna, terms of just yeah yeah being comfortable. And, I wanted to ask also, um, what was it like in your community? Because mm -hmm. you spoke about what it was like at school, kind of being mm -hmm. seen as the posh one. Mm -hmm. In your direct community, I'm guessing it's Rose Hill still. Did you feel like a displacement between people like literally around you? Well, it's interesting because actually growing up, my community felt more like Florence Park. Okay. Like I was born in I was born on Florence Park Road. Okay. Um, and yeah, the Jolly Jolly Post Boys. Yeah, like opposite Jolly yeah, Post yeah. Boys. They do a really house. nice uh, Sunday reggae roast. Do they? Yeah, just shout them out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was born on that on that with no midwife, by the way. Madness. Wow. I know it was a whole thing. Um, so your mom just. Yeah, I mean, she called the midwife. The midwife didn't come, so my mum wow. gave birth to me with just my dad and my brother in the room, and my other brother was taking my younger sister, my young, my older sister. Um, around wow. to a neighbour's house to get me out of it, and then I was just born in that house. Wow. She's pretty crazy. My mum is quite a woman. I'm, I'm sure she loves telling that story. <laughs> she is, she oh, must she be quite does. Proud of oh, that. she does. Yeah, she is quite a woman. Um, mm -hmm. uh, shout out my mum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and so for my siblings, all of their friends growing up were from that area. Okay. Like, with, like Florence Park, East Oxford. Yeah. And so my, growing up, my community felt like the East Oxford hippie vibe. Yeah, yeah. Very much like and kind of act, political yeah. activist hippie mm -hmm. thing, and like I had a few friends in Rose Hill, but they weren't. But that wasn't really my. I don't think that, that was, was really, really my community. Yeah. And Littlemore, I went to primary school in Littlemore. Which school was that? John Henry Newman. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. John Henry Newman, um, and all of them. That was interesting. That as well. was funny. That was my catchment area at the was time because I lived in Littlemore. For a long part of my younger years, did you? But I had already gone to school in just off Ifley Road, mm -hmm. uh, SS Mary and John. Oh yeah, um, that's classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it was kind of it was interesting because obviously like I was living close to John Henry Newman, mm. but going to school, a bus journey away. That um, is, yeah. Why? Why? Well, we I moved about a lot as oh, a kid. Yeah, so when I first went to that school, 
it was I was like right next door, but then mm-hmm. we moved about a lot, and yeah, I ended up further away, basically. Do you know what just sprung to mind? It's interesting you said was I the posh one of my siblings because I just remember I just remembered a thing of um, because I was as I say posh going in school. Mm. I definitely and also whoever I'm around, I adopt their accent a little bit. If I'm okay. around people who talk really posh and proper, I'll end up talking quite posh and proper. If I'm around people who are talking like yeah. I don't really, yeah, I always adopt who I'm. Um, yeah speaking to yeah yeah which apparently is a good thing because i was always like really embarrassed about it and someone was like no it just means you pick up on the people around you i was like okay it's good and it's quite comforting yeah yeah um but i remember being at home once and i was talking i think i was talking a little bit like this i was talking like because i've been hanging out with someone that day and i was trying to be cool and yeah yeah whatever like not that yeah um and it my in front of like my um sister's friends and my brother's friends around and my parents my sister was just like dora why are you talking street like that's as if you're street like called me out and yeah. I was like so embarrassed because I was like no I'm not this is just how I talk like uh, <laughs> like it's just because of my friends and whatever so like it was uh, so yeah as I say I was always a little bit confused about yeah. like where am I like yeah, yeah. Who, how do I who yeah I was always a little bit confused and then uh if you take it back to school um I, my memories of you were mm-hmm. kind of being involved in I don't actually remember you being in any of like the school productions. Yeah, I was. I was in the school. Productions. I remember you being around. I was a lot around. At I was the just time. In... Like you hung out with people like Jade Worrell. Yeah, yeah. And Siobhan. Siobhan, yeah. Like, and to me, these people were the you know the performers. Yeah. The the characters who like sang and danced. And yeah. Which productions were you in? I was in. I was in Wheel Rocky. But I was a oh, of course background of Wheel Rocky. Yeah, I was Big Macca in Wheel Rocky. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a Gaga girl. girl. I remember oh. my life, it was something like, in Somebody to Love, um, yeah, I went, um, somebody to love you? Yeah, right. That was my one line. Oh. Yeah, and I still remember it. Um, but yeah, no, I was in like Blousy Brown when I was in year seven. I'm oh, sorry, Bugsy Malone was in year seven. I played Blousy, Blousy Brown. And mm-hmm. then like after you left, I got way more active in that because I wasn't in fame or anything. But oh, then fame was great. Yeah, I know, I was away. Yeah. Oh. So I couldn't be in it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I was the uh, illiterate black guy, honestly. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I um, oh yeah. But after that, we had more like, what did we do? Um, we did like, um, me and basically me and Siobhan started being like the two female leads in all of the plays. So you became Tanya and Mary Jo. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Um, so, but Shout out to not Mary Jo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I, I need to see. I've not seen Mary Jo in so long. I, really, I. I need to I see. I bumped into her. Tanya in Central London. Did you? How's she doing? She's amazing. Yeah. She's at uh, Music College. I think. Oh my um, god. Those, yeah. That family is just like sickeningly talented. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like Marco as well. He's younger, so you, I don't think you'd have met him. I don't him think I remember Marco. Because he was a couple of years younger than me, and when he came to the school as well, he he played. Was it trumpet or French horn or something? Beautifully played piano, like beautifully. Yeah. Could sing, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was just like, it's like could save some talent for yeah. someone else, please. Yeah, like yeah. this family's ridiculous. But um, but yeah, so, we ended up being like the two, uh, which was interesting because a lot of people made it into like as if we were competing with each other, but we just never were. Yeah, Because yeah. like she's I mean, you she's were great my sister. Friends, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we say now we we are a married couple. It's yeah, ridiculous, yeah. like in terms of. Yeah, you yeah. can get closer, so well, it was fine. One thing I always say about school mm-hmm. uh, is that it harnessed creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, obviously, I didn't go to a different secondary school, but I feel that was quite unique to Oxford School. I think so. Because like, in terms of like academia, our grades were some of the worst in the county. Um, but equally, in terms of performances and the amount of, I don't want to say stars, the amount of like Talent characters that have come well. through that school, yeah. I think that's definitely 
unique to the school. It was a bred mm. talent. Like I feel like mm. there's a lot of really talented people that came from that school. Yeah, yeah. But also, what I find interesting about that is I agree with you. Yeah. But it's not like we had the funding for it. <laughs> so like, although uh, we had one drama teacher, one music teacher. Yeah. Um, we had Shout like Miss Calver. Yeah, Miss yeah. Cal- oh, she doing? I wonder. Yeah, Miss Calver. Yeah. Um, and then she was terrifying. Yeah. She was great, but also terrifying. She had that, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and all, all of the instruments were like kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, like didn't really, like you'd have to go through like three guitars to find one that worked. Yeah. And like yeah, yeah. all of the, all of the keys stuck on the piano, on yeah. the pianos. And do you remember like all the pianos in the music rooms, they were all so out of tune. Yeah. And so like falling apart, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, and the same with like the, in terms of the drama stuff, it was only Miss Aspinall. Mm-hmm. Oh love her yeah um doing like all of it basically by herself with a bit no support from the other teachers but in terms of like harnessing a bunch of unruly kids yeah, who just yeah. want to muck around and she's trying to get a play well, that together was it. i think and then with the sets do you remember the sets how terrible they were Sorry. yeah <laughs> no they were really they were terrible bad. that's so it's like although it did it, it, but it's not like we were like a performing arts school mm. like we didn't have a lot of like stuff it was just like a lot of like I think you kind of hit the nail on the head like I'm not sure if it was because uh, a lot of us were from like working class backgrounds mm-hmm. and council states but we were unruly yeah and performance and even sport were the only things that really held us down and like yeah helped us focus for a lot of people yeah I agree with that um, again I think that's maybe quite unique to to Oxford to yeah the diversity of Oxford genuinely feels like so lucky to have gone to Oxford Community School when it was Oxford Community School. Yeah, like yeah. I'm so gutted that it got turned into an academy because yeah, yeah. I mean yeah grades not great behaviour in general in terms of like how many fights there were and shit like not great but oh, but there's just I feel like it was just unique yeah, in terms yeah. of it was like I got on with everyone man like everyone got and throughout years as well mm. it wasn't just like your year group or your class yeah, yeah. like the whole school just got on with each other I yeah, found definitely which is, I remember like being sneaked into the sixth form common room mm-hmm. when I was like in year 10 or 11, so I could go hang out with my mates in the sixth form common room. They'd be like, oh, just come in, just like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's fine. And like, I don't feel like that's common either. I mean, I don't know, as you say, being much that's cool. Yeah, well, I think one thing I really wanted to go into as well, which is a nice segue, um, is although academically the school wasn't great, mm-hmm. you still could get what you needed to go yeah. on to, say, university. I mean, you yeah. went to Bristol. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Which is, you true, know, yeah. is it Red Brick? Um, no, Russell Group. Russell Group, that's Russell the one. Russell Group, yeah. 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 I mean, I nearly went to Bristol. Did you? Actually, yeah. Why didn't you? After A levels, I was going to do physics at Bristol. Physics. Yeah, I loved physics. I was really into oh massive physics at school. Oh. But what happened was I, I remember. Did physics to me, man. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything worse. I went to the open day, and the identity crisis hit me immediately. Yeah. Like everyone was, like you said, went to grammar schools, and I remember I went to the open day with my mom, and I was just like, "Mom, I really don't like this." Yeah. And fair. mom was like, "Yes, I just go." study physics at Bristol, your whole family would be proud of you. Mm. Um, and I didn't, at the time I was making a lot of music. Um, I remember actually like, sorry to interrupt, but it's just what you just said, completely wrong. I remember I was working an open day this year, just gone. Mm-hmm. And this girl came over to me and she was like, she was quite shy and she didn't really like, she, you know, like took a while to approach and that. And then yeah. she suddenly went, um, oh, I've been offered a, a what's it called? A, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's when you're offered a um, a place, even if your grades aren't as good because you come from like a like a worse school or come mm-hmm. from a more deprived area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, she came up to me and was like, "I've been offered this offer, but like, I just want to know, like, it, am I going to feel out of place if I come here? Wow. Like, I'm, and 
I, I, I don't know, it really like, I was just like, it was so sad that someone was asking that question, like, and again, that you, you that you felt like you didn't want to go there as yeah, well. That's yeah. really sad. Yeah, yeah. And I said to her, I was like, to be, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. You might feel a little bit out of place when you first arrive. I was mm. like, I felt a little bit out of place. I think that's normal. Mm -hmm. I, but persevere because once you find your feet and you find your need and like your people, like in terms yeah. of like who's just with the same kind of wavelength as you, which you mm -hmm. will find. You will love it and have a great time. It's a great city, and you should definitely like you know go, yeah, yeah. go for this opportunity. It is a brilliant uni, especially for because I studied languages. Especially for languages, it's incredible. Like yeah, I yeah. did, um, I do feel very lucky to have had the, like I mean I didn't even have lectures. I only had seminars of like okay. ten people in them. It yeah, was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I really, but then I found myself, I just wanted to, I just felt like I wanted to make sure she came. I was just yeah, like, yeah. no, like you might, like I don't want to like say, no, 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 it's fine. Like I'll, I'll be honest with you. You might feel a little bit out of place, but like you should go for it and don't yeah, be definitely. nervous and you've got this. And like, I kept like seeing her later in the day and I got up to be like, how's your day going? Like, oh, how's the open day? Because I was just like, I didn't want her to be put off by it. Because yeah, yeah. it is, as you say, intimidating mm. when you're surrounded by all these people who, from like from money. <laughs> different, yeah, different world yeah. to you, essentially. Yeah, um, I think it was quite eye-opening, and it made me like really reconsider if physics was what I wanted to do as well. Really? And then I delayed it two years, made loads of music, released an album. Um, as you did. And then realised you can do music technology. I didn't realise you could study that. Um, yeah. And then I found Yui, and I thought, perfect. It's still Bristol, yeah. um, but it's more, more what I want to do. Furthermore. The people at the uni were a bit more like me. Yeah. They were less like grammar school students. I hated the whole, because there was a whole like, mm. there was such snobbery about UE at Bristol. Yeah. And like, I really, I hated that. Because it, again, it kind of reminded me of Oxford Uni and this kind of, and also just about, I remember one time this person talking about, oh, um, a night out. And they were like, oh, it's really fun. But there were loads of locals there. And my back went up because I was yeah. like, it just brought back being, at Ox like, being yeah, in yeah. Oxford on night out. And did you ever like go up to someone and be like, and like having a nice chat. I remember um, one time having a nice chat with this uh, guy. I thought we were getting on, you know, like in terms of just having a nice night. Mm. And um, he went, oh, so what college are you in? I was like, no, no, I'm from here. I grew up here. And he just went, oh, walked away. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is in Oxford? This is in Oxford. This is when I was like 17, 18. Oh, wow. And like, so when that happened here, when someone was like, oh, but loads of locals there, or like make a snide comment about Yui or something, yeah. I was always like, oh, I, I just, yeah, it just yeah. made me so kind of, Oh, I just hated that snobbery around it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, but I think you talking about the fact that you you were going to do physics at Bristol and you end up doing music technology at UE and now you are successful in your field doing exactly what you want to do. Mm. I think it's the best thing to talk about. There's so much pressure yeah. to be like you have to study the like most academic subjects. You have to do this and that and the other. I don't know. Like and actually say it turning around and being like actually I enjoy. It's actually, I think, I don't know. the point is, it's going down the path that's actually right for you. It's, it's absolutely okay to not be academic. Yeah, and I've spoken to lots of people, and especially in the communities we grew up in, mm -hmm. it's, it's really easy to beat yourself up yeah. about not being academic because you just you think oh, nothing will happen for me then. Yeah. Um, it and just I think isn't the true. quite naturally the school, and this is again quite unique to Oxford School. Mm -hmm. um, the school curriculum in most schools and for most young people is like the be all and end all. Yeah. And if you struggle with it then you're going to fail in life mm -hmm. but the fact that we had people like harnessing our creative talents and um, harnessing our passion for performance yeah. made us realize that it isn't all about academia yeah, we can be successful sure. being us essentially um, and also being like kind of flexible to like again I know <laughs> Miss Aston has been brought up a lot but it's like 
it's worth mentioning her so yeah, much yeah. because she did. I, I genuinely think that she is one of the biggest reasons why that school was so great for so many people. Definitely. And um, and again, like she was kind of flexible about around, like she was kind of just understanding and flexible about w what other people were comfortable with and yeah. what they wanted to do. And she'd always make the time and make the space for you to do whatever it was that you wanted to do. If it, like, yeah. as you say, as you said in the last podcast with Maya. Um, about even like you know giving you the key to the drama room yeah, yeah. um she was so, just so kind of like we need to make sure there's the space and the time for these kids to to be creative and to do what they want to do and like letting people into the music room at break time yeah yeah all the time and which yeah, yeah. not everyone would do at all and I've, yeah. i doubt that that's things like that still happening there to be honest now that it's turned into an academy yeah. which i'm glad about but let's get back to your university experience mm -hmm. um you kind of touched on the fact that you went from feeling like the posh one to yeah. being an outsider because you're not the posh one. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of come to terms with it and how did you eventually settle? I'm guessing you did settle. I did point. settle, I did settle. I think in my first year, so like, I'm uh, like in my, the very first like lecture mm -hmm. of like the introdu introducing, like introductory lecture or whatever, um, I remember sitting there and I was, um, by myself and you could tell that loads of people knew each other from before yeah. because like a lot of the private schools they would like play sport with each other and do I remember someone telling me about how her girls school and Eton used to do um, poetry competitions in Latin Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, worlds apart. Yeah. Um, so they all kind of knew each other, and they all and like a lot of people were coming from the same school into it. And I was the only one from Oxford School, the only one that I, like, I didn't know anyone. Mm. And I was feeling really just like terrified and yeah. just, like, what am I doing here? And kind of how you felt in the open day, probably. Yeah, yeah, like, this definitely. is our like. And then I um, I heard this voice behind me. My, mm. It was my friend Khalees. I just heard this like South London accent and I turned around yeah. and we like locked eyes and I was like, hey, you, you're right, like yeah. how's it going? And then, and then we just immediately just became like friends and just having someone else mm. who just yeah. was obviously feeling a little bit out of place and a little bit uncomfortable mm. was like so helpful yeah, yeah. because that first, the first couple of months, I think we were both, we were both like a real kind of rock for each other in terms yeah, yeah. of just like you're not alone in this really yeah, yeah. weird new world that you've never been a part of before and also i spent my first year being so so kind of like anti everyone who went to these private schools and grammar schools and also i would go on and on about the fact that i went to a state school and like mm -hmm. and yeah i grew up in oxford but you know you get defensive about the fact that oxford's not um, not posh for not everyone. Affluence, yeah, 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 like, and was like, oh, be, oh, and oh, the other thing as well is people are like, oh, I'm from Oxford, and I'm like, oh, where? And they'd be like, Jericho, or yeah. they were like, um, oh, um, Bista, or yeah. this and that, the other. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not from the same Oxford, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, what did you we're find? Not from the same Oxford. Because a lot of Oxfordians I met at uni, yeah, um, knew that Oxford wasn't entirely affluent, obviously. Mm -hmm. And when I was to tell them I'm from Blackburn Leeds, they'll be like, oh, really? How did yeah. you make it to uni? That was something I got quite a lot, even at UWE, which is Seriously? Yeah, a polytechnic. How did you make it to UWE? I hate that. Like, oh, how do you even get in if you didn't go to a grammar? It's such a, like, such a weird mentality of mm. like, well, I'm here. So mm. what does that say about you if you've got this opinion? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. what are you trying to get out there? But no, I did get, I remember a few people, I, I was like, oh no, but, but where are you from? Like, oh, Rose Hill, like mm. kind of East Oxford, Cowley Way. That, mm. And they'd always be like, oh, like Cowley Road. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like thinking, they'd be like, oh, that's really fun. That's where I go on it. Because like Cali Road's the one place which, yeah, great. you know, it's yeah, like you Gloucester have, like, yeah, it's like, it's mm. fun. There's loads of bars, loads of things happening. And they'd be like, oh, I'd never step foot there. Like, it's too dangerous. 
Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How could you? It blew my mind, like, hearing yeah, yeah. things like that. So in my first year, I was definitely very kind of, like, distancing myself from people and mm -hmm. feeling and alienating myself mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because I just made an assumption that they're not going to want to hang out with me mm -hmm. and they're going to be judgmental and they're going to be... I ha like I just assumed they were all going to be right-wing, a little bit racist, a yeah. little bit xenophobic, a yeah. little bit like... I just I just had this thing in my head where I was like, mm -hmm. for sure. And then um, I kind of had to just let that go and mm -hmm. realise that actually, weirdly, it was like, you can't help where you're born and the fact that your parents have money and sent you to a private school but you didn't choose that yeah. and so i i can't judge you for that as much as yeah. no one should judge anyone else for not yeah. so i had to like flip the script a little bit and now like and then i made loads of friends hmm. who were not who were great and like yeah, yeah. do and do uh, are really posh and went to private schools and they're some of my best friends and I, so i just had to like change my mentality a little bit yeah, i think yeah. i was like i was defensive before i even got there in a way you mentioned Cowley Road just then, yeah. Um, and I like Cowley to Road. compare Cowley Road to Gloucester Road. Mm -hmm. Did you was there similar to like Gloucester Road and just other parts of Bristol? Did you find kind of similarities where you found comfort in? in yeah, Bristol? do you know what? Like when I was at uni, mm -hmm. I lived up in Clifton, which yeah. is like um, the well-to-do part of Bristol. Yeah. It's very posh, and I didn't like living there. Like okay. I because mostly as well because I felt like the Oxford Uni students that I always hated. Not that everyone that goes to Oxford Uni should be hated. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, but I, I felt like them because I was living in the posh. A kind of student part. Mm -hmm. I was going to Bristol. I was very much in a bubble of students, and like, uh, yeah. And I'm. I was kind of saved by the fact that my brother and sister live here, mm -hmm. and they lived in like St. Werberg, St. Paul's, mm -hmm. um, and I used to go out to like Gloucester Road with with them, with, with other students as well, but also with like friends from back in Oxford, mm -hmm. like family friends. And Gloucester Road was our turf. Yeah, way, as in you used to. Yeah, you used to. <laughs> yeah. And a hundred percent that, like, yeah, I did feel com like find comfort in there. And then I finished my degree. Mm -hmm and I've moved to Easton, and I feel so much more comfortable than I did in Clifton. It's interesting. Like, so much more comfortable. And Easton is the place where everyone's like, oh, it's rough, it's this, yeah. that, the other. But it's like, yeah, it feels so much more at home because it does yeah, yeah. remind me so much more of like where I grew up and where I used to hang out as a kid. And yeah, yeah. Like, well, this, this area, I was actually looking before, before we got here, mm -hmm. um, particularly Easton, Lawrence Hill, St. Mm -hmm. Paul's, this kind of area is like the, what's the word I'm looking for? The most intensely, diverse yeah in the whole of Bristol 100% um, as in there's just lots of different cultures here do you know what people. I mean, the landlord you know? oh, um, did you order a full um, a full estate and a full avocado yes yes yeah. oh thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> God bless her <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say uh, we were talking about Oh, uh, being really diverse here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's partly why. It's got beautiful street art. Also, I love the fact that my local shops, there's no Tesco or Sainsbury's around here. Yeah. All my local shops are like the Sweet Mart. That's a really the, important yeah, thing I about love it. It's like of all of my shopping is done in independent shops. Yeah, like yeah. I don't go, like, it's so rare for me to. Thank you so much. Thank Amazing. you. Yeah. Yes, that is mine. Amazing. Lovely. Thank you so much. Ooh, that's so good. Um, could we grab some water as well, please? Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I know, this looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, so as I say, like it's all kind of like independent places, which I love as well. And um, But when when we were looking at the flat, me and Siobhan, um, the landlord like called us back to be, because we'd said that we wanted the letting there. And he was like, um, so do you know the area? And I was like, what, BS5? Like, 
yeah, yeah, I know the area. He was like, okay, just because it's a very um, <clears throat> colourful area. So just wanted to, you know, before you look into there, that you kind of know what you're getting yourself in for. And I was like, what? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I strange. felt really, I, I felt really uncomfortable. I kind of hung up and like, They could have used the word vibrant. Vibrant. That would have been more appropriate. So it was just colourful. I was just like, what? What do you? I wasn't wasn't sure what he meant by it. Yeah, yeah. And also, and the implication around it as well. Like I feel so much like I feel safe where I live. Mm -hmm. Like my neighbors are so chatty. I know my neighbors both sides across yeah. the road. Everyone's so chatty. Like my sister lives in a cul-de-sac really nearby to me, and it's so great. Like she gets on with all of her neighbors, and there's these um, men who like always put out like a plastic table and chairs and like drink yeah. rum in the street and play cards. Yeah, yeah. There's this guy who has a double bass who comes out and plays sometimes. Like yeah, it's yeah. the most like genuinely just lovely community feel ever in this area. And the fact that he said that, I was like, what are you getting that from? Like, yeah, yeah. what makes you think that someone wouldn't want to, I don't know, it was just, yeah, it felt yeah. really weird. But yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Maybe it's the similarities. Yeah, yeah. But um, thank you so much. Amazing. Did you have some cutlery as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheers. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, shout out Este, is it Este? Este, Este, yeah. Yeah, where we're having breakfast today. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice in here actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah really I mean, nice. this is uh, one example of, I think, quite a typical Bristolian venue. Yeah, 100%. Thank you very much. Uh, can you get some brown sauce? I'll check and see if we've got some. Okay, cheers. <laughs> that is another thing I wanted to say though, because although, you know, this is lovely and this is typical, mm. another thing I'm noticing talking to people who've lived here for years and years and years is mm -hmm. the problem which is everywhere at the moment. Um, that it's being gentrified. Yeah. And house prices prices are shooting up and kind and of like forcing out. Yeah, and like vegan coffee shops are opening up on every corner that mm -hmm. which are like, you know, six quid for coffee or whatever and like it is and it and you can just see it happening more and more. Mm -hmm. And um which is kind of why I really like being able to like all of like all of my shopping and stuff be go. done yeah. in the places that have been here for years, like you know, the established places, thank you. Mm -hmm. But um but that definitely does feel like a thing that is like on people's minds. It's just yeah. that it's like, yeah, it's suddenly becoming a lot more expensive to live here and a mm -hmm. lot more, yeah. But. I think um, the one fear with, well, I know this from living in London now, the main fear about gentrification for a lot of people, for me included, is the forcing out of culture more yeah. so than people. Yeah. Because um, on one hand, like if things get gentrified and loads of new buildings or new houses come in, but the locals can stay there. Yeah, and like, it can be a positive. The record stores and the independent stores can stay there and they're not replaced by vegan coffee shops and then it's not so bad. But when you start forcing out the things that give a place character, mm -hmm. I think that's what's worrying. Yeah, no, Especially I Especially in a place like Britain, which is known for its like colonialism yeah. and like smudging of cultures and yeah. ethnicities and stealing of those things. I think that's maybe deep down, I feel with gentrification, it's like colonialism. Yeah, 100%. Kind of, I think of my ancestors and think, oh, you're just doing it again <laughs> on like a smaller scale. Well, my, I've, uh, my cousin gave me a bag of clothes recently and um, uh, she had like a like this um, like tote bag and mm -hmm. on it, it just says, gentrification is coming, exclamation mark, meaning like gentrification is coming, we need to do something about it. Mm. But I like put it's it on. It's ironic that it's a tote bag because I yeah. think they're quite, 
Oh, no, trendy. Everything is ironic about it because then yeah. I also I walked away um, and I was wearing it, mm -hmm. and I suddenly realised that me wearing that yeah. made it look like a threat instead of like a political statement. I, I was see, like, yeah. gentrification is coming. Like, yeah, with yeah. Me. yeah. And I was like, oh god, that's not good at all. Um, but I agree with you about the pushing out of cultures and mm. and that uh, it, it does feel like because also in Oxford, they're I don't know if they're still planning this, but for a while, you know, um, um, Cali Centre. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Can I tell you an interesting story about that place? Yeah. Opposite Cowley Centre. Uh-huh. Remember it used to be Cowley Community Centre or something like that? Octi. Not Octi. Mm. We can get onto Octi though. Mm -hmm. But um, opposite Cowley Centre, if you're coming from... If you come from like Blackbird Lees, by the time you get to Cowley Centre, Cowley Centre's on your left, on a bus. Mm -hmm. On the right, there was that building. I think it's blocks of flats now. Oh, yeah. But it was an old community centre for a long yes. time. Yes. So, oh, my God, yeah. I forgot about that. Me, Maya, Awais, the twins, Yasser, John. We all were part of this thing called the YDP, mm -hmm. um, which was the Youth Development Project, which was... We basically were kind of scouted out by Miss James because her husband, Darren James, is kind of like a community leader. Miss James. I forgot about her. <coughs> oh. <coughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Oh, wait. Oh, it's right in my throat. <laughs> oh, I completely better. forgot about Miss James. Yeah. <clears throat> so Miss James um, scouted us out and uh, made us part of this project um, called the YDP, which was <clears throat> it was supposed to be a project for young people mm -hmm. to do things for young people in the community, mm -hmm. as opposed to adults doing mm. things that they think we might need or they think we might want. One of the main purposes was to create a youth development centre and we were bidding with, for that same space mm -hmm. to become like a youth development centre which is essentially like a youth club but where you can also like I don't know, gain skills kind of outside of a national curriculum. Yeah. Um, we didn't end up getting that. It didn't end up happening but I don't know the reason I was telling you that but I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned Caddy Centre. Mm. <laughs> Because it's now the block of flats. Did they get it mm -hmm. over you? Mm. For it to develop into these? Because they're quite... Are they student... Is it student accommodation or is it just like nice, nice flats? It's nice flats. I've never actually seen anyone walk in or out of those flats. Me neither. So I, I was having question... a conversation the other day. It's all a bit weird. Yeah. But... I always question if it's... They're nice flats and maybe they look at Cali Centre and think, oh, we don't want to be associated with that, even though we live opposite. That's kind of my That's assumption. What I think. And do you know what? What I was going to say about Cali Centre mm -hmm. was... Yes, it wasn't like it wasn't exactly like a like a um, like great place to be. Mm. It's like full of like you know it's got the pound shop, it's got the like Woolworths used to be there when oh, Woolworths I used to was there. I bought all my CDs all, from there. So good. Yeah. And then um, and it's like yeah, and like often it's just like but it's but the thing is, it's like although it's not like exactly like a cool or great place to hang out, it is where a lot of people go to hang out like it's a, it's like a safe space mm -hmm. like you all like often see really young mums kind of there you often see a lot of really old people people who are not in work mm -hmm. um in the daytime they're like you know Cowley Centre can be like a they just kind of hang out there yeah I found out recently that they're thinking of doing like what they've done to the Westgate to Cowley Centre doing this big big kind of renovation on it mm -hmm. and putting in like you know your marks and sparks and this and that and the other and I was like the idea of doing a renovation mm -hmm. to make it more like to improve it fine but to do a renovation and then make it like kind of marks and spends and that that's pushing people out of a place mm -hmm. that is like a 
safe place. And also oh, the car quiet. park opposite it, mm -hmm. they're going to be turning into really expensive flats. The car park, oh yeah. The, Next to RT, the, the one, yeah. yeah. Um, again, for so so they're basically turning that that whole area with the mm. flats where you were just talking about, mm -hmm. with the Cowrie Centre becoming much more kind of like well to do, and then with the car park becoming these expensive flats. Wow, it's really sad. I didn't know all of this. This yeah. is kind of worrying. Actually, I know. I feel. I, I mean, I'm also a bit concerned because I can't remember who was telling me this. Mm -hmm. So it might all, I'm, but I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like either in in talks or they've confirmed it. Mm. Um, but I don't know if it's actually happening, but it's like, but even the fact that it's being spoken about, it's mm -hmm. just, it does just feel a bit worrying because it does yeah. just feel like that is a place of, yeah, as I say, for, for kind of people to just be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one thing you mentioned there um, was the RT Centre, mm -hmm. um, which if you haven't heard the last podcast, uh, me and Maya spoke about it quite a lot. It was essentially a place for young people to, again, I guess harness creativity. They had mm -hmm. like a free music studio you could use. If you're under 19, you could use this music studio for free. That was facilitated by Zara Tarani. Legend. And there was also Kate, Kate Garnett, who passed away. I don't, I'd never met her personally, mm, but yeah. she did great things for that place mm -hmm. and for the like youth in that community. Um, you mentioning all this kind of makes me fear yeah. that Arcti could be affected. Well, by this I don't, as well. I don't know because, like, so I used like I went to Arcti because I did dance lessons there mm -hmm. from the age of about three until about fifteen. Mm -hmm. Um, and like every Saturday and then like in the evenings and then I, mm. I got my first job there as well. Oh wow, um, what were you doing? I was a, I was a helper and it was like mm. pocket money. It was like mm. three quid an hour or something to like mm -hmm. help out with the younger dance classes when I was yeah. like 13, 14. That's cool. Um, which was really nice. But it was, again, it was like a, it's just such a lovely, lovely place. But I, I don't, I hope not anyway, but like if you, have you been to Arcti recently? Not for about five years. So I worked there um, last summer, mm -hmm. on they were doing this project called Creativity Camp. My yeah. sister was actually um, organising the whole thing, mm -hmm. and it was about getting. And I was a, a youth worker with them, um, and it was uh, a free um, program for like kids between the age of five and eighteen, but separate mm -hmm. five to eleven and eleven to eighteen, um, to do creative projects. And it was completely inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the kids that were coming there had like really tough behavioural um, issues, really tough like backgrounds in terms of like mm -hmm. like um, we had to be really on it with the safeguarding policies in terms of it was just like it was like hearing what a lot of these kids were coming from was like you know heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And that was all done at RT, and it was so good. It was like the best. Mm -hmm. It was thing for in terms of just like there being a free space again just Arcti doing good good yeah, stuff 100%. a free space um for people to be creative and um like and i'm talking from making paper mache masks yeah to like putting on a play yeah, yeah. Um, and from doing hula hooping with a circus performer to you know like making yeah, pizzas yeah. and the, like and all of this stuff and it's doing really well actually like i feel like Arcti is thriving like mm -hmm. the the cafe is now like a pay what you can the cafe and they do a lot of training programs there that's lovely um to get people like into hosting job like not yeah. hospitality jobs sorry and um it's like been done up a little bit and yeah it feels i feel i feel positive about it mm. i've got because if that, that but I, as i say like if everything changes around there maybe we won't have yeah i think but, um 
again, for people who didn't hear the last podcast, um, I definitely massively benefited from Artsy Centre, mm. just it being a free studio space. Mm. Um, but more so a place where other musicians and dancers and performers kind of got to, I guess, collaborate and yeah. almost celebrate performance together mm-hmm. in a space that wasn't competitive. Um, so supportive. Like yeah, the- massively. Again, again with Tanisha Edwards went there as well. She, she's doing. Tanisha. I haven't spoken to her in ages, but she is doing yeah, bits. She's it. Like I am, I feel really like yeah. She seems to be doing really well actually. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd love to get in touch with her. Not that we spoke massively before, but it's just nice to like. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she's in Bristol, I think. Yeah. She almost said she uh, she saw her the other day, but they're walking past each other and like didn't like catch each other's eye kind of thing. Like she was yeah, trying yeah. to get her eye, didn't see her. But um, yeah, she's in Bristol. She's doing big things. Um, well done, Tanisha. Yeah, shout out to Tanisha. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it definitely felt, felt like a really kind of supportive, as you say, non-competitive yeah. environment yeah, yeah. for people to kind of be. I agree with that. Um, I want to talk about what you're up to today. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you went to uni. You've spoken about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't mentioned that you studied Portuguese and Spanish? French. French and Portuguese. French and Portuguese, yeah. Cool. And what, what made you study those languages in particular? Um, so at school, back to school, um, I had a French teacher called Miss Finch. Was she around? Did you have her? You had Madame Mayer. Madame Mayer. Um, no, so I had Miss Finch, who was a legend. Like yeah. she, she was, she was a bit of a Miss Aspinall. Like okay. she went out of her way above and beyond to make sure people were like she was such she was just brilliant yeah and i got on really well with her and i started doing french a level thinking like I'll, i'm gonna drop this at the end of as i nearly dropped it halfway through as because it was so hard and she just really pushed me and was like you're good at languages you should go for it blah, blah 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 i ended up really enjoying it and then i finished school and i didn't go to uni straight away but i took a year out and i started work, work just like working full-time in oxford mm-hmm. and then I don't, I, I don't even remember. I remember how, like I, I was having a conversation with a family friend who did French and Portuguese, and mm-hmm. she was talking about Brazil and how great it is. Which is like you should you should go and do French and Portuguese at uni. Mm-hmm. And then I just looked into it, and I was like, it would be cool to speak three languages, isn't it? Mm. So I just kind of yeah. I don't I, I didn't really I, I don't I didn't really think it through. I was just like yeah, I'm gonna do French and Portuguese, and I'm really glad I did. If I'm correct, like the languages courses at Bristol are not just language; they're kind of indulging culture a little mm-hmm. bit and. Mm. Hence Massively. why uh, you told me earlier that uh, you went to, you did like placement years essentially, yeah. um, but you didn't just go to France and Portugal. No. You went no. to like French um, and Portuguese speaking places. Yeah, colonies, yeah. Colonies essentially. Um, yeah, you're right in terms of like how it was taught. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I had the, I, I'm so glad I did that course mm-hmm. where I did it because it was so interesting. I was learning like about. Um, history and politics and um, art and literature, but also like in another language. And I was like, and learning all about the, like I did um, a module on Francophone African literature. Mm-hmm. So I was learning about like Senegalese writers from like the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. in French and learning about the history of like Senegal and the French, like when it was a French colony and all of this and the other and the, and the uprisings. And like it was, so it's just like so interesting to be able to mm-hmm. learn about, like, you know, when else are you going to? talk about that stuff. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I had a year abroad and I decided to go to, La, um, sorry, I'm going to say it in English, Reunion Island, uh, mm-hmm. which is an island off the coast of Madagascar. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Rio in Brazil. Mm-hmm. 
and both were incredibly interesting and very different mm. experiences. Very, very different, yeah. In a similar way to coming to Bristol kind of made you, I guess, reevaluate your identity. 100%, yeah. I'm guessing going to these different countries, again, probably made you kind of yeah. reassess your identity and really recognise who you are and what makes you, I guess, British. Recognise my privilege as well, okay, massively. Yeah. Recognise my privilege not only in being able to travel, Mm -hmm. and being able to go and live abroad for a while because mm -hmm. like not a lot of people have that opportunity around the world and yeah. from the UK as well like that is an incredible privilege in itself but also in terms of uh, like both places I went were quite poor and um, I mean Rio is it's a huge economy but the, the wealth gap is like mm. staggering and so in your face mm. um, so like yeah it was really Venice. interesting yeah yeah no I mean they are it's so hard to describe. You've got like these huge tower blocks of these expensive flats mm -hmm. right next to the entrance to like a huge sprawling favela. Mm. It's side by side. And it's so, it's like, there's no, it's not like a separation of that's the wealthy area and that's, I mean, to an extent, yes, but mm. it is so present. And also because the favelas, they started because when slaves um, fled and like ran into the kind of mountains to hide from ca being captured, they mm. started these, kind of villages and communities and especially in, in high points so they kind of defend themselves mm -hmm. and also uh, they're called colombos um and also to um uh like you know, you know stay safe away mm -hmm. and those and those grew and grew and grew mm -hmm. because as more people went there and eventually became what are now favelas mm -hmm. so they're like on the mountain top like sprawling down so you look like they're just they're there like you can see them really clearly and they are so that as i say like it's the wealth disparity is just in, insane. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it did definitely kind of make me feel, and and also just the violence there as well. Mm. Like the fact that by the end of my time in Rio, I, 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 it wasn't uncommon to hear like a gunshot. Mm -hmm. I remember there being a shootout with police. Wow. Um, and all my friends ra like ran to the window to go and look, and I was the only person that ran away from the window. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah, get yeah. away, get away. And yeah, we kind of got used to that. And then with reunion as well. So it was like, yeah, just really interesting. Mm. Well, you, um, what was I going to say? So you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that, uh, well, we both mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. that being in Oxford, it was extremely diverse, mm -hmm. and it almost stops you from having the mindset of being xenophobic or racist or yeah. whatever it may be. Um, do you think if you didn't have that experience of diversity growing up, mm -hmm. that Brazil might have been more or less of a shock to, shock to the system? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Like, I think probably, yeah, because Brazil, both places that I went, incredibly diverse. Like, two of the most diverse places you could go, probably. That's yeah. not, like, a fact, but yeah, yeah. just exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, in, uh, and I guess so, I, I, yeah, I guess so, actually. Um, in terms of just being, like, ready to get involved in other cultures and open mm. to it and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I think... But even little things there. like seeing a disparity between rich and poor. I think that affected me more than it affected some. Do you know, I found, ah, oh, what I found really tough mm. is in Rio, there's this, there's, like, you know, poverty tourism? No. It's like a whole, it's not called public tourism officially, obviously, but mm -hmm. it's like this thing where people will go to poorer areas and they'll go and like look, like pay people, tour guides to go and like look at the poor areas. Like a safari. Exactly. And there's favela tours happening in Rio a lot. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember I met some guy who was a uh, like on a, like traveling around South America or something. I was like, oh, so you know, what are you doing with your time here? And I was like, oh, I'm, going, you know, I'm doing this, that, you know, I'm going on a, on a favela tour later. And I was just like, I don't know, that like it just, I, I just made me feel so uncomfortable. And a lot of people like that I, I think go there don't are kind of immune to like, oh, but it's just you know, it's the favelas, it's fun. It's what, 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 mm. and whereas for me, it was like, oh, now I, I felt much more affected by it. Yeah. I think. I'm so uncomfortable. Like I, I, oh, sorry. Have more I of an empathy that. for the people in the favelas, i.e., kind of seeing them as people. And I don't not want just to say like more empathy, but, safari but, animals. but yeah, in terms of that, yeah, I really that made me feel so uncomfortable. The whole favela tour thing, mm-hmm. because it did just feel, yeah, as you say, like a safari, like this kind of weird. It kind of animalizes and people. Also, and... it's like if you're gonna go to a favela. Um, go and spend money in the cafe and you know talk to people and this thing other. But what you're doing, like, is paying money to a tour guide to then take you in. You're not spending money in there. You're not helping the economy, the kind of mini economy within that favela. Mm. All you're doing is going. So it's like you're not even being helpful in terms yeah, yeah. of your tourism. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that really that bothered me a lot. I can't remember what you asked. I guess I was asking you there if you feel being from a place like Oxford, which mm-hmm. is diverse and has a clear like gap between mm-hmm. rich and poor, has geared you up for, or geared you up better to experience Brazil. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think, I think you've got, might have a point there in terms of, um, yeah. And also, yeah, 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 mm. probably. You also went to Reunion. Reunion. Reunion Island? Reunion Island, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a very interesting place. It's the, so it's a, it was a French colony, but it's, I don't, it's not referred to as a colony anymore. It's now mm. referred to as like a department of France, which is like a county. Okay. Um, so it's like they've got a vote for the, like they put someone in the, I should, I should know these technical terms yeah. after having just done a degree in French culture. But like... Um, so they have like a seat in parliament. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah thanks very much. Um, and like they've got a, and um, they use the euro and okay. they, uh, the French flag is everywhere and the architecture is all very French and everything's taught in French and all of this and other. And what I f- found really weird when I was there mm-hmm. is that the vast majority of the population, their first language is Reunionese Creole. Mm-hmm. It's not French. Like they learn French because they have to when they go to school to, for their professional lives and when they go to school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I was teaching in primary schools, teaching English just for like a bit of extra money whilst I was there because I was studying but um and I found it really interesting that all of the like um textbooks and stuff mm-hmm. were talking about um were number one in French obviously but also we're talking about like oh no just like the word for December is uh, and you'd have like someone in a woolly hat and yeah. the other. December in Union is summer it's yeah. like 35 degree heat yeah, yeah so it's like there's no although it's like part of France it also feels very forgotten mm-hmm. and like there's no accommodate accommodating for like their individual their needs as like somewhere that's far away and, yeah, yeah. and apart and has its own culture and has its own identity. I mean, it's extremely far away. It's like literally it's so in a different continent. Yeah, it's on the other side of Africa. Like it's far. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I found that really uncomfortable, and and it did feel like it, this the colonial stamp there is just like quite. It's so odd to me that it's not independent and yet also that it doesn't people don't seem to want to be independent either like yeah. there's a real patriotism for france there mm. um and I, I found it weirdly uncomfortable mm. um also why, who am why i to did say you find that uncomfortable I, would you say if you were really in you would like independence hard to 
say because obviously I'm not really yeah. these. But I feel like I found it confusing that people didn't mm -hmm. because I felt also weirdly mm. a lot of the population voted for Marine Le Pen, who was the who's the um, from the National Front, which is like the kind of extreme UKIP wow. of France. Like, as in, like, very extreme. Her father was a Holocaust denier. You know, like, really... But that, surely mm. that's quite ironic, considering that... So ironic. This place is quite diverse. Incredibly and, um, diverse. Mm. And I remember on my flight home... My flight home from Reunion, I got mm. trapped in a window seat next to a woman mm -hmm. who was Reunionese, mm. who was... Um, um, she started talking to me on an eight-hour flight and, like, didn't stop talking. And to begin with, I was, like, learning about, you know, where you're from, this and then the other, mm -hmm. like, having a nice chat. And then, in the end, it got into politics, and she was saying that she voted for Marine Le Pen. And this is a black woman from Reunion who uh, grew up incredibly poor and was and she was telling me she was still, you know, you know struggling in that and the other. And her reasons were, like, oh, but, you know, there's such an immigration problem. That's, and I'm like, oh, but you're not even... ironic. I know, and I was like, you're not even, like, you don't even live on the mainland. Why are you worried about an immigration problem in... France, yeah. rather than do you think Marine Le Pen's going to care about like about Union A's issues when all, mm. the current government doesn't even really care about Union A's issues? Mm. I mean, obviously, I'm an outsider, I'm a foreigner, I'm no expert. This is my personal perception. It could be completely different if yeah. someone's Union A's watching this and is like, "That's not true." I'm sorry, yeah. but like this was just my very brief experience. Okay, and um, but so it's it it's just very interesting. It just felt quite yeah, as I say, quite forgotten and quite kind of. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, it was a bit odd. I found out um, earlier, before we started recording, that mm -hmm. uh, you're now working as a runner for a film company? Yeah, a post-production post -production company. company. Um, and you also mentioned that you're quite into, like, social justice. Well, uh, into social justice. Well, well I mean... <laughs> in terms of I'd like to be making uh, kind of films that are... Mm. Um, good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like do interesting documentaries that are also talking about issues that are worth bringing up and talking about. And um, I'm you, more, huh? so well, you told me that before. Yeah, I heard the rest of your story, and it it seems to make more sense now. Mm. you've been to places and uh -huh. you've acknowledged the social injustice or the, like the yeah yeah the difficulty for people. And also, sorry, coming back to Brazil because mm -hmm. this is something that I think everyone needs to be thinking about and worried about. To be honest, is mm -hmm. um, they've just elected this guy called Bolsonaro for president, mm -hmm. who is like terrifying. He's mm. genuinely come out as like he's he's calls himself a fascist. He's anti-democracy. Mm -hmm. He's said that the military dictatorship. In, sorry, I'm getting more political. That's cool. <laughs> like, um, there was a military dictatorship for 20 years in Brazil, and he said that the problem with the military dictatorship is they only tortured left-wing people instead of murdering them. He wow. said he would rather his son were um, dead than gay. Um, he told a female journalist that he wouldn't rape her because she wouldn't, she didn't deserve it, and he just got elected. Oh, and he's anti anti any environmental protection, and he's now in charge of the. Amazon and he's anti-indigenous rights because there's still a lot of indigenous tribes living in the Amazon mm. and he wants to like it's just really terrifying so I think the world is a scary place at the moment yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's really scary so and so my I'm feeling really kind of I don't know hurt on behalf of my Brazilian friends mm. at the moment because I think yeah. it's a really scary time for them yeah of course it's a really scary time for Brazil so and anyway so for, well, I was going to say following university you've, <clears throat> you've gone down a route that isn't necessarily expected from someone who studied yeah, like, no. French and Portuguese. No, yeah, you're right. And how do you, in your opinion, what do you think is kind of 
led you down this route or this career path? Um, so yes, yeah, so I was running my dissertation and, um, and I was really, as I say, like enjoying delving into a subject and finding out as much as I possibly could about it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, just being, yeah, I, I love learning, man. I, just, yeah, yeah. I love learning. Yeah. And then I was thinking to myself, what is a job I could go into yeah. where I'm constantly, rather than doing something I'm already good at, Mm -hmm. where I'm constantly learning something new yeah. and challenging myself. And the thing that popped into my head was like making stuff and like yeah. what about making documentaries? Then you get to like research like it, like in everything about one subject matter, yeah. find out as much as you possibly can about it mm -hmm. and then make something amazing, yeah. hopefully, and like show the world and then move on to something else mm -hmm. and like do the same thing with that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got it into my head. I, I, have, I have a habit of like getting something into my head and then I'm like, and I'm doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. like with Bristol, I was like, as soon as I got it into my head, I wanted to move here. I was like, it's happening, 100%. And yeah, then yeah. this got in my head and I was like, it's happening, 100%. And then I finished my degree and I, um, yeah, and I started working in this post-production company, which is like a, like a kind of foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to work my way up with that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then also I'm working, we were talking about what I'm doing with myself, right? Yes. Then I'm also working, well, just finishing working for Mandala Theatre Company, which everyone should check out the work that they do. They're amazing. I've been doing the admin for them on their uh, tour that's just finished. They were touring a show called Castaways. They are a small theatre company set up by Yasmin Sidwa, um, mm. who's kind of very, she was working with Pegasus for years. So where are they based? In East Oxford. Well, in, yeah, in o Oxford in general. But they've just been on tour. And the show was about... Um, kind of issues facing young people in terms of identity crises mm -hmm. and in terms of their um, feeling alienated yeah. and what can lead young people to turn to extremism mm -hmm. and whether that be kind of Islamic extremism, whether that be kind of EDL mm -hmm. um, kind of extremism within the UK or whatever it may be or like just making them feel um, yeah particularly alienated so, yeah. it's, so and it was a really interesting show and um, also at the end of every show, there was always a panel mm -hmm. from each city that it was in yeah. of youth workers and of kind of people on the council and like, or, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. And there'd be a debate and a big discussion and about like, so what are these issues? Have we? They just do some really cool work. So I've been doing admin for them. Um, and they're, they're based in Oxford? Based in Oxford. So have they done any particular... Oxford-based documentary. Purely about um, what show? No, they, so they, they're a theatre company. Theatre company, right. yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, about particularly Oxford. I'm not sure, I, as I say, I've only worked on the, the tour of this one. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's been particularly Oxford, but they also have Mandala Youth Company, mm -hmm. which if you are a young person in Oxford, mm -hmm. anyone listening, um, who wants to get into kind of um, theatre, they're, they, they're really worth looking up because there's okay. some amazing opportunities that you can get through being with Mandala Youth. They just went to a European um, young theatre festival in uh, in France and it was amazing and yeah. yeah so it's just really cool so I'm doing that as well nice. but that's just finishing which I'm a little bit happy about because it means I get my weekends back yeah there you go yeah <laughs> and uh, so now you've graduated yes now you've kind of entered the like I guess the career mm -hmm. the career ladder is that the word it can well, be yeah, yeah. you've entered oh, the career oh, ladder now <laughs> the career um, would there ever be any chance that you would move back to Oxford not a chance why? Sorry, absolutely no way. I mean, That's I feel like, the same, no. but I, I want to say your reasons. I feel weird when I go back to Oxford now mm -hmm. because I feel like... A stranger I, at home. I feel like a stranger at home. I, I feel like I'm going to visit my parents rather than I'm going home. Yeah. Like Bristol is my... Bristol feels like home to me now. Mm -hmm. And it also just feels a bit... Um, 
like, I don't know, going around in circles, like nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of, I don't, I don't really, I, to be honest, I don't have a clear response because it's just more like a gut feeling mm. where I'm just like, I don't feel. Do you feel like it would be a step back? A little bit. And that's not to say at all to anyone who's moved back to Oxford or to anyone that like, you know, wants to stay there. I, I get that. But it, but especially if, you know, if you just went to uni, for example, and you wanted to move back home for it, save some money. Mm. Like, I know quite a few people have done that. It's been a really good decision for them. Mm. But in terms of long term, for me, it's just the only time I could see myself possibly moving back there is like, I don't know, maybe in like 10 years when I want to have kids or something, I'd want to raise them somewhere like but I don't know. It's funny. I, yeah, well, I mean, no. I live in London now, and I say I would like to raise kids and get a house in Bristol. In Bristol, yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's my spiritual home. Yeah, I do think actually, but no, I think Bristol. Mm. Also, as I say, I've got I've got family here now as well. I've got yeah. my my brother and my sister, and my nephew, uh, my best mate, and kind of my partner. Basically, we're mm-hmm. such a married couple, old married <laughs> couple. She now lives here as well. Who's um, also from Oxford? Who's also from Oxford and yeah. also went to our school. Yeah, and yeah all of that. Um, so it definitely just feels like why why would I want to leave Bristol and go back to Oxford yeah, yeah. when that doesn't when I feel so much more comfortable here. I understand. Yeah. And opportunities for what you want to do, I guess, are here. more so here than there. Definitely here. Yeah. The only other thing is people keep saying that I need to move to London because obviously there's so many more opportunities yeah. there. I mean, Bristol is a hub for I mean, that's exactly what TV, happened to me. But I didn't want to, but I got I dragged really there. Yeah. I really don't want to. Mm. Like, desperate to, if I possibly can, stay in Bristol and do what I want to do yeah, yeah. career-wise, then I'm staying here. 100%. Furthermore, we haven't really spoke much about your other talents. Yeah. You do a lot of poetry. I do. I write poetry. Can we shout that out? Yeah. So <laughs> Where I'm on, can people find it? I'm on Instagram. I've not been uploading much recently because I've just been way too busy with work. But um, it's on Instagram, dora.baker.poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to kind of upload more on that. I want to start doing spoken word nights and stuff as well. Because um, I do find that writing poetry is, and writing music, is so therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm going through a really rough time and I feel like there's something just bottled up in my head mm-hmm. if I sit down and just kind of and it's always quite quick it's always just like yeah, yeah. oh I need to get it out it feels like a weight off like I remember the second poem I ever wrote I was in because I started writing poetry when I was in Brazil and the second poem I ever wrote I was in Rio and I was going to meet my friend and I was going to meet my friends at the beach to hang out for the day mm-hmm. that's not something that you should feel anxious about yeah, yeah. and for some reason on my way there I just had those butterflies in my stomach yeah. my heart was beating really quickly and I was just like I just felt kind of panicked and really anxious and um, really insecure and I just I, I was like I'm not ready to be around friends who are going to be all happy and joy like I'm not ready for that and I got to the beach and I sat down by myself like uh, far away from them and I started uh, and, I, and I just wrote wrote everything down and I can't it was so crazy the transformation of suddenly I was like okay cool I'll go hang out with my friends now and I had a great yeah, day yeah. yeah. and I was just from like getting it out well it's funny you say this when I used to write a lot of songs I used to write a lot of songs about mm. girlfriends at the time Classic. or just girls I fancied or whatever it may be that, when I write music it's more like that yeah, yeah and it, it it's kind of ironic because as soon as I know there'll be like some mad feelings in the relationship and as soon as it's written down I'm almost so proud that I've managed to express myself yeah the issues then become like a story I'm hearing from a Mm. third person even though they're actually from me um which is kind of strange really yeah that is strange but but I really loved our breakup song do you find like going back to stuff you wrote like uh, you know back like a couple years ago or a year ago or mm. a couple months ago even do you find that it's like 
I, I don't know, for me, it's so amazing to read that and be like, oh, that's how I felt then. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't feel that now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wrote, a, I went through a, a breakup about a year ago now, and I wrote, like, a hell of a lot of poems about it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of all fit in together. Yeah. And I read back now, and I'm like, God, I was dramatic, wasn't I? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was pretty emotional back yeah, then. Yeah. And it's so, and it's just so satisfying to have that kind of, those intense emotions documented mm. to then be able to refer back to. Um, but yeah. So and cool. being able to articulate how you feel, I think, is mm. half the battle of overcoming how you feel. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I know quite a few people who write poetry, like, but keep it as like their inner craft. And then, I, yeah, I just suddenly started, I suddenly was like, actually, I'm going to start sharing this. There you go. I was yeah. like, I'm all right at this. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm quite good. So I'm going to show the world. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Nice so one. that's why I did it. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast today. Not at all. Thank you for having me. It's no, been, thanks for breakfast as well. It was great to hear your story, actually. Like I said, I've always known you from school when mm. you were in Bristol. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was good for me and for the listeners to find out a little bit more about another unfortunate Oxfordian. Yeah, so yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Thanks, Silas. <laughs> no worries.